Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Daniel Van Kirk. I am here. And our guest on the show is our favorite murderer because she murders this episode. Karen Kilgariff, thanks for joining. It was my pleasure. What a joy. We talk about We talk about swords. Oh, yeah. Uh, sword uh, stores. Sword yeah. stores. A guy who might have deserved to get attacked. Yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he did, but he might have. He's an E... <laughs> Ethlete. Yeah. He's an, an E-athlete. E-athlete. That's Everybody. all you need to know. That's all you need right. to know. Talk about Claudia tiny, and her life changes. Tiny Sasquatches. <laughs> tiny Sasquatches. And the Sheboygan Clogger. Which, you, yeah, we you, need the town's help on that one. This is it. It is Sword Stores, Tiny Sasquatches, <laughs> and the Sheboygan Clogger with Karen Kilgariff. You have to listen to this week's episode of Dumb People Town. It's the Starburns Industries Tape of the Month Club. 12 original cassette tapes delivered to your door. Each month, you'll receive a crisp new cassette tape of auditory delights made by some of the most funky and creative artists around. Featuring Dino Stamatopoulos, Natalie Palamides, Johnny Pemberton, Dan Harmon, future ladies of wrestling, Alan Resnick and Dina Kalberman, Dynasty Handbag, Jeff B. Davis, Rob Schraub, Lance Bangs, DJ Doug Pound, Cron, Open Mike Eagle, Ron Lynch, and on and on and on. Subscribe now. $13 gets you a crisp, unique tape in the mail each month. For $20, you receive a portable cassette player so you can listen to your tapes on the go. Here's how to order. For credit card customers, please call 747-888-0945. That's 747-888-0945. Or save COD charges and log onto the World Wide Web at d.rip forward slash sbi dash press. It's a good deal. You know what time it is, don't you? That's right, it's Drinky Fun Time, where we drink booze with some of the most interesting people at the coolest places around. So grab a drink, chill out, and enjoy the show. Yes, welcome to Drinky Fun Time. I'm Dan Dunn. With me as always, the amazing and talented... Emma Patterson. It's Hi, me. Emma. Yes. Hello. How are you? I'm really excited. I know I say that every week, but I'm, I'm really excited. It's good. It's, excitement's a good thing to have on the show. Uh, it, I mean, why not be excited? Look at the place we're in tonight. That's exciting, too. It yeah. is. The corner door. Is it? It's the corner door. I believe this is Culver City. It kind of feels like Venice, but it's right. I think technically we're in Culver City. I think so, yeah. but I'm British. I love that you always ask me this. Like, yeah. Where are we, Emma? But you live here. It's I a, know. You're acting like you flew in from England for the show. You uh, somebody but, did though, I think, but not you. Oh, um, don't give it away. But you, no, you live two miles from here. You don't know where we are. I don't either. So no, you're asking me. I like that about you. Uh, it's. I think it's Culver City, Venice, whatever. Um, today, tonight, today. We got a couple guys on the show uh, with us, and we're we are thrilled to have them. Um, should we should we just introduce them now? I think we should. Right? Yeah. Um, well, the first guy sitting over here to my right is a director whose resume includes the award-winning short film *Common Practice*. That's how I met him a long time ago, um, both when we were young lads. Uh, he did the big studio thriller and soon *The Darkness*. He'll soon be filming a short called Residence. Uh, is it a short? It is a short, right. yes. which, uh, which he's going to tell us all about in just a few minutes. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Marcos Efron. Yay! Hello! 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 
welcome. It's yeah. so good to be here. Welcome aboard. Thank uh, you. Also with us, uh, a, sitting across and next to Emma, a fine young man from England, I believe. I picked up the accent. I'm pretty sure it's British. Uh, he starred in Nickelodeon's, is this House of Anus? No, what is it? <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> House of Anus. Good start. You didn't think they put that? <laughs> oh, you would not switch off, and they don't even they, know what's about to happen. That is now <laughs> never. Ever, that's going to be a part of my life for as long as I live. Would you like that's to introduce yourself? That's never going to go anywhere. I can't yeah. begin to. Well, I, I'll, I'll help. Shall I? It's called yeah. the House of Anubis, good sir. Oh, that would be the show. That, that would, would make sense show. then on Nickelodeon. Though, yeah, though I must admit, right. we did make that joke once or twice whilst filming it. So yes, but please continue. House of Anubis. Yes. Okay. House of Anubis. Okay. He also played uh, Lancel Lannister on a show you may have heard of called Game of Thrones. Yes, Ooh. yes, he did. Yes, and, and he will be starring in the aforementioned short film Resonance. Yes. Please give a warm, drinky, fun time. Welcome to Eugene Simon. Thank Hello. You. Yeah. I, I, I mean, he's right next to me. They love you here. Thank they you very, very much. I'm particularly excited. Yay. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I've, yeah. got, a lovely, I've got this lovely drink got been prepared for me, this blood and sand drink, which is keeping me company too. Oh, that, is our, that is our drink of choice today. You know, I, I chose the blood and sand because I was thinking Game of Thrones. Yes. And there's a lot of blood yes. in Game of Thrones. Yep. I, I believe there's only like two episodes where someone didn't die on screen, That's right? True. And, and then sand as well. Mm. A lot of sand. There's beaches. Well, and it depends which part of the yeah. neck of the woods you're in, but yes. Sand. And what, what, there's that thing on Game of Thrones. There was that deadly stuff and the only thing that could uh, neutralize it is sand, right? You remember what I'm talking about? I, are you talking about poison or are you talking about wildfire? Are you talking wildfire, about wildfire? That's it. Yeah, there yeah. we are. No, I'm, my character was unfortunately a bit too familiar with wildfire. <laughs> oh, that's say, right. Yeah, <laughs> something spoilers. about spoilers. Yeah, I won't yes. let anyone, don't let this remember anyone. Yes, I was a little bit too familiar. Oh, that's with right. It. I was ready to talk about it. But I thought you were <laughs> Can I, we not do that? We can't talk about I, what you happened. You know what? That season ended. That was forgive like, me here. That's two years ago. If you haven't seen it yet. If you, you don't want to know. Get it together. We've yeah. we, we officially put out a spoiler alert. But yes, and, that, and there's also the Sand Snakes, who have a poison of their own choice, which is probably not this, but it's probably yeah. not as okay. delicious as this drink. <laughs> so, you, so, Eugene, you were one of the few members of the original... Again, now again, I'm, now I'm all nervous. I'm going to give something away. Please. Hey, you know what? If you haven't watched Game of Thrones... Turn off this podcast exactly. right now. Okay, there Sorry. you go. I am warning you right now. Turn it off. Let's do it, guys. Okay. Let's go okay. bulls deep. And there now, we go. Okay. So Spoiler now alert. you were one of the few members of the cast. You were there from the beginning and made it all the way through season six. I did. I started <laughs> off as Lancel. Lancel Lannister was his original name. He later became brother Lancel, but his original role was squire to Robert Baratheon, and he would, uh, he would you know, prepare him for any boar hunts that he'd be going on yeah. and uh, giving him <laughs> wine when he needed it, which is plentifully... And incidentally, I can't help but notice, I'm looking right behind you, Dan. I'm seeing a <gasps> lovely bottle it. of Game of Thrones red wine. I brought wine, some Game of Thrones which I, wine. I have to tell you, I'm very, I'm, I'm my, my impulses are telling me I have to serve it to everyone. But yes, okay. Lancel, yeah. Lancel, Lancel was one of the originals from seasons one and two, yeah. and then returned as brother Lancel, as we refer to him in That's seasons right. five and six. And you were crazy then. Yes, yeah, and, in, and in between these two seasons, I met this man, Marcos Efron, and we did our film together called Eden, which is a Lord of the Flies-esque survival thriller, which we shot in Malaysia for two months. And we, I, I think we both, we both pretty much felt that we survived this, this extraordinary filming for uh, once we got out, and we've remained friends since. And we have. Yeah, and, 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 and Marcos wrote this script. Um, Correct, and so. to clarify, Eden wasn't my film. I was there uh, in a 
role other than the director of the movie. But I had the opportunity to work with a, one, uh, a group of wonderful actors, uh, including Eugene. And we just managed to stay in touch over the mm. years. Uh, mutual Appreciation Society. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we joined on. And Marcos and I met about, I think, about two or three weeks ago. And he very sweetly said to me, we want to work. I'd like to work with you. And I went, great. I kind of went, what do you got? So he went away, and three days later, he comes back, and he's written this script for me. Three, um, days. three days. Three days. Marcos went home. Damn you, fast. I know. And he wrote Resonance, um, which, is the, which is the film that we're now filming in, in, in October. Yes. Which we're so excited about. You are my muse. What can I, I say? I am. Well, yeah. Well, you are the star of the movie, that you are the lead character. That's right. And it's a really interesting concept, isn't it? Because your character is... His hearing is impaired, or is it completely? Right. Is it is it going away? It not is severely impaired. It's not completely gone. But here's a, a young man who has lived in sort of this shell of his life of not really being able to extend outside of his own world and communicate with people. Mm -hmm. And you know, I'm going to turn it over to Eugene because he gives a. <laughs> the most eloquent pitch of this story, better than I could ever do it. I've, heard see. it. I've seen him give this pitch no to people, no, not and I'm like, I want to make that movie. Let's see, how, let's see how I do. This will be my audition piece. So here we go. Resonance is a film about a hearing-impaired rideshare driver who, after a day of encountering customers who treat him with estrangement and isolation and, and sometimes even outright hostility, comes across a young lady a musician who gets in the back of his car playing the classical guitar and he's driving her to her theatre where she's going to do a solo performance of her piece and on the way over to get to her theatre the car breaks down and in this moment, this interim period between this young lady called Marissa t ordering another car to come and pick her up she starts to practice the song that she's going to perform in the theatre and Toby, our character, retains about maybe 10 to 20% hearing capacity. So he's not completely deaf. And he hears the lighter parts of this song. And he approaches her. And our, the crescendo of our film comes to a moment where Toby reaches forward and touches the guitar as Marissa is playing a song. And he can feel the vibrations of this song as he is hearing it as well. It resonates, as we would say, with him. And it's about this connection. It's about this fact that this girl, this person, this, this musician, this powerful human being, Marissa, has given him a feeling and a connection that no one really has ever up until now been even very interested in trying to, to offer to him. So it's a story, I mean, underlying it, it's a story about how disconnected the world is and how someone who we presume to be disconnected because they can't hear is looking for connection. Um, so this is a story, in short, about human connection. I have a question. Please tell me. Is she also smoking hot? She should be. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to help, isn't it? Well, I bet she is. When you picture a gorgeous girl, when you picture a girl playing guitar like that, you, your heart does tend to, at least mine does, it does tend to, to beat. So yes, one, one, one hopes she's, uh, <laughs> she's, but I think she's more, she's certainly more attractive because she gives him the ability to connect to a, an emotional part of him that otherwise people aren't really interested in. So just, that's just based on that description alone, I'm giving it two thumbs up. Yeah, excellent. Thank yes. you. Did I, I do good? Did I get Thank the pause? Yes. Yeah. You got it. You, you got, got it. Roll. I mean, how yes. captivating but is that? But we're at a really interesting juncture in the process of this, aren't we? Not it, we're coming at this, and it's really novel as an entertainment journalist, from my perspective, to be speaking to the director and the lead star at this early, early time. Can mm. you? 
tell us a bit more about that? Yes. Um, so as Eugene mentioned, it was some weeks ago, I was sitting across from him at Hugo's restaurant. Eugene and his lovely girlfriend were there and we're talking. And I said, you know, Eugene, we should do something. And he's like, okay, sure. You know, like <laughs> actors hear that all the time. He didn't say it that flippantly. I'm, I'm projecting. I think I probably did. But, you, <laughs> I, but I read the body language. And I was like, well, I'm going to show him. And I had this idea and I, I sent it to him. And then, you know, he read it and we said, okay, let's do this. But we want to do this the right way. So we are, um, we reached out on Kickstarter to raise the funds for this uh, short film. It's not a giant budget, but we thought we'd set a pretty modest goal. And within a week, we hit that goal, which was great because that number was the bare minimum we needed. By the way, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> I yes. thought it was you. That was, it was I all had to money to my dollars from Dan Dunn. There's a couple zeros lacking in Mom, my friends are making a movie. Can I have some money? Okay. And he wants his signed poster now. Oh, That's he'll right. get it. You guys will get it for sure. Um, and so, you know, having had the, you know, the, know, knowing that we have the budget and the freedom uh, and that we're actually making this movie in a couple of weeks from now, we were able to amass just a really incredible cast mm. and crew um, that I've worked with in the past before. And they are some of the people at the top of their game in Hollywood. And this is not a student film. And they, we're not um, amateurs. I mean, I think we know what we're doing. And it's going to be lovely. It's going to be beautiful. And we actually, uh, by the time this airs, there will still be, I think, two days left on the Kickstarter so campaign. There's exactly. the plug. There's yeah, the we'll, plug. We'll put it up on our uh, on our Facebook page. We'll, uh, if you go to, where else can you find it? I don't know. Oh, well, you can find it. How does the internet work? On, on, on all our social media. If you hop on my Twitter account, you'll find it on Eugene underscore Simon on Twitter. Don't forget that underscore. underscore. Where did you come up with that Twitter handle? I don't know. It right. came to me in a moment. And then okay. Eugene snaps on, on Instagram. Well, but okay. if you guys want some incentive, I don't know if any of you play the Fallout games. Do you play Fallout? You played that before. Is it a video game? Yeah, it's a video no. game. It's a post-apocalyptic no. world. No. Well, well our, you've just given them an idea. I right know. Now. I'm They're suggesting all going to go and play it. Now. Well, we have amongst other people on our team. We've got Tom Heal, who is an award-winning composer, who is going to be helping us out enormously. Dallas Sterling, our DP, has just hopped on board. Who is on board? Who is one of the uh, sort of des I mean, designers and creators of the Fallout games adverts? These fantastic games that I, that I used to play. Um, Elliot and Bruce are, are BAFTA-nominated. Uh, sound designers. Uh, yep. We've got Jill uh, Bogdanowitz, who is Clint Eastwood's personal um, <gasps> colorist. So yeah, we're we're set oh, up. We're ready to rock. We've colorist. got the best of the best. We're yeah, very absolutely. lucky. So we'd love to people. To how long board. does it take to make? How long will you be actually in uh, filming this thing? We've got a pretty uh, shortened schedule. We're shooting in two days. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the script is only about seven, eight pages long. Um, we've kept it pretty contained because. Ultimately, this is about these two people having this really meaningful connection, and we don't need to be too complex about it. We just need to do it right. And do we it have left the window open for three, but that's 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 right now. That's a not budgetary concern. It's a budgetary concern. <laughs> Everything exactly. is, and with our yeah, exactly. We've and I should add, though, in our Kickstarter, as as hopefully everybody is already there right now, looking already, at them. You, yeah, they're already. They're there right the now. The money's flowing right now. Flowing. I, I mean, my phone should be blowing up right now. Drinking there are some amazing serve. rewards. And as you guys yeah. may or may not know, Kickstarter is about rewards. You give X amount of dollars, you get this. You get more, you get that. Um, and if you like Game of Thrones, if you want some swag, if you want to hang out, if you want to drink with Eugene... Wait, that Yeah, yeah. You can take Eugene on a date, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you know about Game of Thrones fans? They are nutty, nutty, They're nutty. They're amazing. 
I was worried when you said he had a girlfriend. I thought, oh, God, there's, <laughs> there's women throwing themselves off bridges right this second. Uh, no, but this is a really, really important point that you're bringing out. And Kickstarter is not just, like you say, for students and people starting out. It's a really, really brilliant service where everyone gets something. And um, and I think we should cheers to that. Yes. 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 Let's raise cheers. our blood and sands. Blood yeah. and sands. Raise yeah. your blood Resonance. and sands. And to our producer who sat with us, to Chrissy Chow, thank you very much indeed. Hey, Christy. Christy. Thank you Cheers. very much indeed. Cheers, guys. By the way, I got sidetracked earlier, which happens all the time on the show. <laughs> but the Blood and Sand, the cocktail that we are focusing on today, I did mention I came up with it because of the gay. I, I didn't come up with it. I didn't invent it. But, um, I decided to do it on the show tonight. We have this. This drink is named after a movie uh, as well, a 1922 bullfighting movie. Starring Rudolph Valentino of Blood oh. and Sand. Yeah, and uh, it first appeared in the uh, Harry Craddock, who's a uh, famous bartender. He had the Savoy cocktail book. That's where the recipe for this drink uh, first appeared. And just so you know what's in this, if you want to do it, it's equal parts. So about uh, three quarters of an ounce of blended scotch, sweet vermouth, cherry hearing, and fresh orange juice. This and drink is like a it, meal. Delicious. Serve it up in a little cherry soup. Hearing. Yeah, cherry hearing. Cherry hearing. What the hearing. hell is that? Cherry hearing is like a, a cherry flavored uh, liqueur. Yeah. Not cherries with ears, then. Uh, and that's what we're having. I finished mine already. Mine's gone. Give me another one. Like, Give me another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <that laughs> we need um, some more. Yes. So yeah, this is a delicious one. And 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 as Eugene mentioned, in a little while we're going to be trying. The Game of Thrones wine. Don't laugh. Why are you laughing? I'm not laughing. Well, I'm going to have to say, I'm going to have to say more wine, Your Grace, every time I offer it to one of you. That was was that is your that, first that okay? scene? Was yes. that your, one of your first? I think it was. One yeah. of your first scenes, I thought, was when he was trying to put the armor on. Yes. right? Robert Baratheon. There's still this kind of ongoing joke that Lancel never quite found the breastplate stretcher. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah. It's, uh, oh, no. He never found it. He failed in that respect. That's funny. Yeah. Now, you you got that role when you were 18 years old. I found out that I got House of Anus. I mean Anubis on yeah. um, <laughs> on. On the same d- and Game of Thrones on the same day, which was also the very day I turned 18. So my 18th birthday, I got Game of Thrones and House of Anubis. So basically, so I was on cloud nine for from yeah. But your entire adult life, uh, yes, you yeah. have been on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yes. I mean, you're not a uh, real person. You're a it's superhero. Weird. It is a weird thing, but it, it, it's yeah. You don't you don't know how it's going to go. Every season, as an actor, when you come back to the show, you don't know where it's going to. You only probably know you're going to die. You're going to die. At some and point, it's, yeah. it's this weird mystery to me that many actors on the show are going to go. Oh, you're kidding! I'm dying this season. Well, call for dying this season. You know, everyone, everyone, go. everyone dies. But um, you lasted a long time. He had the ability to stay on the peripherals. On sort of, he, you know, Lancel was on stage left for a lot of this series, but he was always whenever he stepped on, he would usually change the situation fairly uh, fairly drastically. So, um, yeah, no, he, 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 you know, he managed to survive he it. He made it through. Well, by the way, I'm saying know, this books, one more time. If yeah. you're a Game of Thrones fan and you haven't watched season six, stop listening right now because yeah. what I'm about to say is when you, when you die, uh, it's this, one of the most dramatic scenes in the entire series, but you die crawling on the ground yes. uh, down in the down in the in the belly of the exactly in the catacombs. Yeah. catacombs yeah. Well, that that corridor you're you're talking about. There's no CGI there. That is as long as it looks. It's underneath an old Belfast castle, which is the same place that they have, you know, in um, in uh, what, uh, what's it um, uh, in the Stark 
um, keep um, w- um, Winterfell. 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 Thank yeah. you, Marcus, very much for telling oh, me about wow. my Wow, got a real in, fan <laughs> over there. In winter, that, it's the same Maybe. corridor they use in Winterfell, and it's also full of bats. So guess what? I was covered in as I dragged myself oh, along the ground. Guano, a little bat guano. I was covered in fake blood, my own sweat, and yes, I was covered from head to toe in bat feces. That was oh. my that was my last day on Game of Thrones. Sweat, what a way blood, to go. and shit. That was my last day. I could not have been happier. What wow. happens when it's your last day on Game of Thrones? Everyone's had one. It's do you know it, you do. There's there's a pretty quick turnover. You are kind of out. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that kind of the hats come out for about fifteen seconds, and then Everyone, off, off, yeah. you, off you go because they've got to move on quick. Cause farewell you, you, party every day. You do, do yeah. You, everyone do goes. you keep in touch with anybody from the show? I do. I, 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 Isaac, who plays Bran, I keep in contact with. Actually, I, I think he I tried to see him the other day, but we 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 didn't just about miss past. But yes, no, I do. I keep in contact with. Um, uh, I do. I keep in contact with Isaac, uh, Dean Charles Chapman. I affectionately refer to him as the Cockney King of Westeros because okay. everyone he's he's literally got the most like Cockney accent in the world. Who's like, that? Which one's this one? Who's King Tommen. Tommen. Oh, King Tommen. Tommen. Okay, yeah, Tommen. Yeah. He's a, so he's he was so a funny. different. That was a different actor, right? Like, didn't they change Tommen? The, the kid was. He was I played, so, yeah, yes. I think yeah. they changed actors. Grew, That's he happened. Up. He yeah. played That's a cousin, happened. and then he became. Then they just made him Tommen. I yeah. think they did, yeah. yeah. And he, Is that and he, okay? He, he was fantastic. Just yeah. do that. No, no, it's what he did. And then he was yeah. great, as it? Um, but I yes. thought they changed actors with you because you look so much like a girl with long hair. I did. <laughs> and then they shaved your head and I was like, who's this guy? <laughs> that was yeah. That was it. Was sort of the intention. Um, I think a lot of people were like, "Who the hell is this guy?" What the hell? And then I've, I've had a number. Funny enough, at Comic Cons, a number of people have been like, "Oh my god, I didn't realize." And, and I was like, "How did you not realize?" We think some random religious fanatic who claims to be her cousin yeah. pops up. But yeah, no, it, they, they, it's, it was a, it was a, diff, it was a, it was a, a deliberate transformation. However, for our for residents, there is no such transformation. It'll be it'll be Toby the whole way through. I am curious, Marcus. Do you had any experience where you? got in a, a some kind of ride share or a Lyft or an Uber or whoever and, and this has been the case that a driver has had yes hearing. actually I would say three times I've had drivers um, where when you call the app it'll actually give you an alert that will uh, that will let you know that your uh, driver is hearing impaired Oh. It should give you an alert mm. telling your driver loves cologne because that's the that's the <laughs> alert I want. <laughs> your driver loves Dracar Noir. Yeah. Yeah. I've gotten yeah. in that I've gotten in that Uber a few times Dracar. myself. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> that's so true. Your driver likes to talk a lot. Yeah. Um, no, and you're and you're sort of pre-warned on the app that just you know your driver is hard of hearing, so he might he or she may need to communicate with you know written signs or you know lip reading or what have you. And I've had a couple of them, and it's been, you know, I'm fine. You know, it, it, it worked great. But I was thinking to myself, oh, this, this is interesting. Yeah. And I've asked other friends of mine, had you had deaf or hard of hearing Uber drivers? Most and they of them all hadn't. said no. They all said no. I was about to say. I'm like, I'm the only one who gets them. You I, but I'm glad I did. I cancel as soon as I see that. <laughs> you I have a better heart. Right. I have no compassion. I have a better heart I'm, than I'm, you do. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a hard man. What can I say? <laughs> but I'm glad you made that point of asking your friends because I was going to say, Jesus, like, you had to write this script and because this has never happened to any of us. I don't even need to ask. <laughs> no, and look, writing a seven-page script that's good, that I think is good, or that is a compelling story is really, really hard to do because as anybody who's ever been a judge at a uh, film festival or on a selection committee, I mean, with technology today, there's 
thousands and thousands of short films are being made, and most of them are kind of, you know, what you would expect. You know, people talking, you know, a little bit of conflict, and, and they might look great, but they're like, okay, fine, that's great. I didn't want to do that again. I, I was very proud of the short film that I'd made, and I told myself that I was never going to make another short film unless I could do something that was going to be as good uh, or better. And it was a pretty high bar. And, you know, I think having Eugene as a friend and somebody I could bounce ideas off of, to me, was really critical in coming up with this story mm. that just wouldn't exist without Eugene and certainly won't exist as a movie without all the incredible support we've had from friends and family and people we don't even know who've gone on to Kickstarter. And you know, at this point, we're like 127% of the wow. money we've asked for. However, I will say that just because we've reached our goal doesn't mean you shouldn't contribute because yeah. we have amazing rewards and we actually need all the money we yeah. can get because invariably things just cost more than you well, think I'm gonna, they will. I'm, my rate's going to be kind of high. Can I be... <laughs> Deferred. I want to be the second Uber driver that comes to get her. Can well, I? you know, dude, if you do pay a certain amount, you get you to get be in roll. the film. I mean, that, oh. is, that, is, that is one of our rewards. Story yes. of my Hollywood life. I have to pay to actually do something. That's, yeah. <laughs> pay to play. That's, that's how it's been working for 17 years. Yes. Um, well, this is exciting. So, again, check out Kickstarter. You can go to our uh, Drinking Fun Time uh, Facebook page. We'll, we'll tweet it out. Eugene Simon, do you have a you on the you on the, the yeah, social I'm on, media? I'm on the Instagram and the Twitters you on you're, the you're internet. Hip. You're hip. You're yeah, hip. It, it's kind of a stupid tag. <laughs> you should have uh, said that in a very uh, old way. I'm on the Instagram. I'm on the internet. Are you on the Facebook? There's yes. all these wires. Here's my fax number. <laughs> <laughs> Don't laugh. I actually had to send a fax the other day. I walked into a Kinko's and I said, Dude. I, didn't, I didn't ask for a fax. I said, I need a time machine to 1996, please. Dude, what are you talking about? I'm still on Hotmail. That's. <laughs> Wow. I, that is true. Hotmail, hotmail, dude. They can't my, my, you my email account is a fossil. <laughs> is, is AOL still around? Can yeah, it still? is. I know a couple of AOL right. Um, you can AOL still have phones. AOL. I'm not going to say Eugene's Hotmail account <laughs> is LancelHottie1 at Hotmail.co.uk, <laughs> but oh. it just might be. Yeah, message me, guys. Message me. <laughs> but uh, really, I'm being quite serious. Please don't pass him off to go for drinks with people that give money for the movie. I don't so feel comfortable with that. You I can was spend joking. the night. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I was joking. See? I didn't don't. even realize that's what we might have been implying we were doing. Well, I don't no, that's, that's, I that's how naive I am. <laughs> well, no. Posters. Just posters. You know, well, but you know They're what? Very there are nice. There's, you know, if you give a certain amount, you can come visit us on set. You can come to the right. premiere. Um, we also would like to invite you to. We literally said it on the in the video on the Kickstarter. Which, by the way, for everyone, you know, for everyone listening, the video will clarify all of this in a much more succinct way. But you can come and have a glass of wine with us and talk about the script itself. If you but go, it will be the Game of Thrones wine. I like and the segue. Se- make that work. I like the segue there, Eugene. Bring <laughs> bringing up the wine right there. I w- should we I'm should we bust out the I Game think of Thrones? We should. Wine? Please let's, do. Please let's, do. Let's try it's some of this Game of Thrones wine. I know. I can't play oh, it. Thanks. I thought I was going to queue up this thing. and <laughs> I'm You're like, going to have yeah, to pay for that. Yeah. You'll probably have to pay for oh, that. Oh, no. Yeah. That means there's tons if of things you have do to know, pay Do you know for. something? On the set of Game of Thrones, one of the things that makes some of the actors who have to do wine drinking scenes like Peter Dinklage and Lena Headey, one of the things that makes them so, well, I'm apparently not looking forward to those scenes, is originally the wine was like a really rich, strong, like... Punch. It was so like it was. It was so full of sugar. But it was. They busy. had to. It was no. It wasn't alcoholic. But they had to ask uh, for like by like season beginning of season three. Like okay, people who were giving us the fake wine, please make it out of something else because I am getting like I'm I'm getting so much sugar into my veins. I think I'm going to turn <laughs> purple. It's like eating. Un, it's like drinking undiluted Ribena, which you and I would know about. Yeah, Ribena's from thank yeah. God. Ribena. Yeah, Ribena. Is that like Mad Dog Twenty Twenty? What is this? 
Ribena. Ribena. What is that? What's it? It, we you, call it a cordial. Yeah. It is actually something cordial. you dilute so, into water and it makes water more a, interesting for children. It's a black currant cordial, basically. And, and it has this fantastic TV advert commercial where all the Ribena <laughs> berries just jump up and down and go, woo! Yeah. Can you guys just say advert and whilst and things yes. like that yeah. all yes. night long? But can I, since you're, you're the Since first, the only Brits, yeah. yeah you're since the, yeah. you're the only Brit we've Let's ignore America for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Let's try the wine. Yeah, here's uh, the wine. The game, these game of thr- this is Game of Thrones. This is the red wine, and it's from Paso Robles, I think. Everyone uh, be honest. No one be... Yeah, no, we can... We can. Seven blessings. Okay, cheers, cheers, cheers. Seven, seven cheers. blessings, yeah. <laughs> Cheers. What you're getting? Oh, he's sucking it through his teeth. Ugh. Oh, that's what I gotta do. Oh yeah, I gotta make people like when I make this noise. Mm. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. That's a very sexy. <laughs> well, song. I have to say, this isn't bad. This is the blend, isn't it? Yeah, it's pretty good. Because Game of Thrones do three wines. Did three wines. It's a Chardonnay, which I we I have sampled, and it's really buttery. And it's someone so- described it as tasting like popcorn. We don't have that one. We've got the blend. So Dan, what is it? What's in the blend? Can I read the label? Or yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I don't, I, I don't know what's in it. So there Ga- we go. Yeah. Game of Thrones red wine. Here we are. From the arid climate of dawn to the lush vineyards of the Reach, <laughs> the topography of the Seven Kingdoms of Westeros is a di- is as diverse as the wine we produce. Against the backdrop of the ever-evolving struggle for the Iron Throne, this is wine, and amidst the howling winds of winter, nobles raise their glasses and toast to luck in the wars to come. <laughs> I've never seen the HBO logo or anything other than a, than, a, than a billboard. Now it's on a bottle. There yeah. you go. So Thank the, the winemaker is a guy named Bob Cabral, and, and he was at, he's worked at some, some really nice wineries in Sonoma. It's a $20 wine. I think for 20 bucks, it's not bad. I like it. I you like know. it. All right, how about this then? You know what? Let's, let's, no, I can't, let serious? me guess. A quiz? A game? It's time to play the drinking game. Right. Yeah. Which one? You're excited, aren't you? We like to to poll our guests. Do you like that intro better, or do you like this one? What do you think this is? Some kind of game? (laughs) Again. The first one. I like the second one. I'm sorry. I like the second one. Why is that? Does it remind you of Ghostbusters? Marcus, we've all had a bit to drink, but that's just silly. Because I'm I'm (laughs) essentially a 14-year-old at heart and there's kind of like a farting sound to it and that just, just makes me laugh. <laughs> all right. It's this like a my, wet fart. This is this is my director. <laughs> we, all have to, we, all, we all have to have buzzing noises to buzz in. So what is your buzzing noise going to be? Oh, there you go. Okay. Oh, why not? That's Marcos. That's who's buzzing. Emma, what's your buzzing? What did I do last time? Oh, I'm just going to do my so usual. Proud. Oh, hello. Okay. Eugene, what's your buzzing? I think we're wine filling up. So... <laughs> Okay, there we go. Tricky, All right, here we go. The whoever gets it right uh, has to tell the other people to drink their wine. Oh, so whenever you have a question, much? right? Yeah. What's whenever that? you have a question, we have to give our sound. And then For give whoever the buzzes in first gets okay. to give an answer. You have to buzz right, in with go. the back of your throat. This yeah. Is the yeah, you got you gave yourself a tough one, Eugene. You oh. want to you want to try no, that no, again? No. I'm still gonna win. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's a theme to this drinking game. I think you'll probably guess what it is. Question number one: Which Stark family direwolf? was killed in retaliation for an attack on Prince Joffrey. <laughs> Eugene. Lady. Oh. Lady. Was uh, it not? Uh, oh, yeah. That's right. Hey! Yay! <laughs> well done. Well, I think we're all going to lose this game. Crowd, no, okay. crowd really <laughs> lucky. draw. <laughs> okay, yes. It's after the dire wolf Nymeria flees into the woods following this attack against Joffrey, Queen Cersei Lannister ordered the execution 
of her pack sister, Lady. And didn't she make, uh, what's his name, do it? Ned Stark? Didn't she make Ned Stark kill the dire wolf? I think she did. Oh, yeah, he did. He Memory serves. Serves. Oh, Dan, you were supposed cool. to give me these answers in advance. I know. So Eugene is now winning one <laughs> He <nothing>. did. <laughs> he just I'm just drunk. <laughs> Shocking. Uh, by the way, okay, here we go. Question two. Much Ado was made about Ed Sheeran's uh, cameo this season, but there was another musician from a very famous band who appeared in one of the show's most famous episodes. Who was that? Oh, hello. Emma. It wasn't, was it? Oh, is it Cole? Uh, uh, hey. Hey. Oh, hey. I made it get away. Glug, glug, glug. Glug, glug, Emma, Emma, please. That's me glugging. Go for it. I don't know what I'm saying. Is someone from One Direction in it? You'll think you're thinking of Dunkirk. Oh, bugger. I am. Anybody else want to bug? <laughs> Eugene. I would say it was, um, was it, what? it was Coldplay, wasn't it? It was one of the drummers from Coldplay. And I know this for a fact, actually. It was at the Wald, it was at the Walder Frey, it was either at the Walder Frey, it was either at the Red Wedding, or it was Joffrey cussing out a musician's tongue for insulting Robert Baratheon. How do I know this? Don't know. Because you're in it. Is the drummer, the drummer for Coldplay, the is that your final answer? Drummer for Coldplay is my final answer. Oh, ah. yeah. hey, by the way, going forward in the drinking game, everyone has to make the drinking sound as their, their buzzing. Glug, 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 glug. Okay. Oh, so we're all confusing. I just want to be able to give my fart sound. So <laughs> give me some better. You better get one. Just buzz in. Even Do it now. Wrong. Do it now. Okay. Okay. As you're learning, there's not a lot of consequences. So, yeah, it, it was the Reigns of Castamere. That was the name of that episode, commonly known as the Red Wedding. And uh. the Coldplay drummer, Will Champion, Played one of the musicians at the Red Wedding, I have, and he have, he actually helps that's slaughter the Starks. That's shit. I yeah. haven't actually seen that right entire series, so oh, I because he's on the show. Well, no, no, but I really mean this, you guys. Don't I, watch I, it? No, no, I have watched a fair bit of this, but I have You've not watched. Not seen it all. No, I haven't. I haven't. That I don't, means I, we stand well, a chance, Mark. Yes, we do. No, I, I, we I, could win this. I'm gonna get my farts on ready. Get ready. <laughs> all right. Question number three. I'm a child. The furs worn by the characters like Jon Snow and others in the Night's Watch aren't really furs. What are what are those quote unquote furs made of? Marcos. This I know. Okay. They're IKEA rugs. Is that your final answer? Yes. What the hey. hell? Yeah. That I knew. Very nice. So wait, Congrats. What, what, how do you know that? Because I read. I don't know. Did I mean, I must have heard it, it somewhere. No. You know, it was, it was there in the zeitgeist a couple they weeks ago. They do look authentically very cozy, don't was they? Was it yeah. with thanks to Ikea the in the credits? No, no, no. What happened was it was recently that she, I saw an interview, too. It was in one of the extras in one of the episodes. They did an extra. The costume designer, Michelle Clapton. Do you know her, the costume yes, designer? Yes, yes, I did. No, she, I, Mich- sorry, I have to say, Michelle and I worked together when I was 13 years old. On the first BB- oh, no, little girl. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> on the first BBC film, I, on the first major film I ever did that got me hooked into acting, My Family and Other Animals. So Michelle and I go a long oh, way so back. Okay. I, yeah. I, I adore her. She's well, hello, she's Michelle. Hi, Michelle. But she, she in yeah. LA? But I she's don't, I don't know. clearly not doing that well in the career because she's shopping at IKEA. She knows where to find good stuff. They take these rugs, they cut them, and they shave them, and then they wax and frost them, and they look authentic. But they're rugs from Did IKEA. What, well, follow-up question: Do we know the name <laughs> of the rugs? Is it like? Giffen Harlan or something, something like that? Hang something on, are we flogging IKEA's Wait, rugs? For that, they don't we, need for that, we flew in our Swedish uh, advisor. What are the rugs called? Aviatinta. Uh, what a gorgeous one. There you one. go. Aviatinta. Aviatinta. 
Jovia Tinta. Jovia Tinta. Oh, you have a really good accent. Thank you. No, I love it. It's a he does it for a living. I love the accents and languages I adore. Random. Jovia Tinta. He's not even Tinta. English. Random Swedish. What, and what does that mean in Swedish? It means I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, means you, it means you know nothing. You know nothing. <laughs> you know nothing. Um, okay. I could do that better. Where, where are we at? Two to one? Two to one? I Eugene's got two. I've Marcos got has one. one. Yep. Emma, yep. as usual, you're killing it. Uh, <laughs> here Listen, we, go. we agreed at the start. I can never win this game. It's not fair. What was the name of Ned Stark's great sword? The name of his sword. Oh Jesus Christ! What were you thinking when you wrote these? Like, oh, he's gonna get them I, all. I was thinking so this guy's on the show, so I got to make him tough. Exactly. But think they about us. Anybody? Oh, hello, oh, Emma. Wait. Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't do your sound. I lost my sound. Oh. Oh. I thought even I didn't do my sound because I was I was I had that one queued up already. <laughs> Is it Wolf Claw? <laughs> it's, That's a band, isn't it? I don't know. No, Wolf, it's, it should um, be. No, Longclaw is Jon Snow's sword. Oh. Which, sword by the way, I heard that, they made, that there's some company, I forget, in Europe, that they made a dildo based on that. This is a family show. Sure it is. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking way. <laughs> My mother's listening. And it's called the little finger. Hello, Emma's it's called mother. The little they make a dildo based on the <laughs> sword. My lawyer is on the way, Marcus. Um, <laughs> Long dong. I don't know. <laughs> Um, I don't know what they mean. Is it? It's not, long claw is John Snow's sword. I don't know. Is it? It's. It's. Uh, it's uh, called. Is it? Is it? Ah, uh, it's ice. Ice. It That's was the it. sword of the Lord of Winterfell, and it was forged from. Valerian steel. That's right. As we all know, and that's why he killed the White Walkers. Ice. And it was handed down, and then after it was you, they used his own sword to kill him. They Ned do. Stark, in that that's cold. in the end of season one. That's cold. And then they melted it down into two new swords: the Oathkeeper and, and Widow's, Widow's Whale. Whale. Yeah, that's Ooh. correct. All right. Well, this is the big one. The final what question. Was that, what was that line by the wonderful Diana Rigg? Can I say? Can I say the word? Can I say the swear word that, forgive me, but yes, Americans hate the most? Can you just say sorry, Fuck? Sheila, before you say it? No, no, but do you remember what Diana Rigg, the wonderful actress, says about Joffrey? What's the swear word? He wa- boobies? He, no, he goes, oh. he was a cunt, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. It's a yeah. great line. Anyway, please continue. Emma says that all the time. <laughs> I gr- think it's a really good word. It's a fantastic, the Aussies and the Brits say it's it plenty. A, it I love it. I, it's, a, it's an effective word. Exactly. Anyway, no please continue. Around. <laughs> okay. Which, no, I was going to use the word cunt, but I'm not going to. Oh, it offends me. It offends me. For God's sake, okay, final again. question. Who shoots the flaming arrow that subsequently destroys Stannis' fleet in Blackwater <laughs> Bay? Eugene. I was there. Bron. Are you sure? Is that your final answer? Yes. Oh, you paused. Ah! You yes. were there. You were damaged goods after. I, yes. I, I was. I was damaged goods. That was, uh, that was the end of my haircut. <laughs> and That's when you went from small yeah. lady to big man. Oh, thanks. I think it says you it did both really well. Oh, that's very kind, too. It <laughs> says that after Tyrion gave him a signal, and Bronn shoots this flaming arrow into a trap of wildfire. Do you know, I have to tell you guys, sorry, please continue, yeah, but no, that, that day when we were filming that scene, because it's such a good story, it's very brief, but I'll tell you, that was done in a, torrentially, a torrential rainfall lake at the bottom of a quarry, so that it rains so heavily in Belfast and a natural lake occurs. The water is filled with salt, so it's minus two degrees without freezing. When we filmed that entire battle sequence, the Battle of the Siege of Blackwater, 
200, 200 extras were hired to be Baratheons, another further 150 to be Lannisters. And in the five days leading up to shooting that siege scene, they had every single SA supporting artist have a choreographed fight. So I shit you not, I came out of that door with the hound leading the little sortie that goes and faces the Baratheons. Yeah. And every single person of the 350 now, 150 charging down a about a 45 degree mud hill at the Baratheons running office had a choreographed fight. And I swear, when you knew the camera wasn't on you and you had a moment to look around, you can't... Im- I've, it's, I've, I've one of the few people that can say I've probably witnessed a genuine medieval wow. sort of That's 14th crazy. century wow. fight. It's wow. extraordinary. Everyone is covered in... It's like, it's like a rugby match with armour and swords. I, it's just extraordinary. I have a question. Yeah. And, and, and also, by the way, I, I genuinely took a... Ma- I took a I took a, f- a huge rock to the head as I came out of the door. They had, a, they had these enormous um, oh, polythene rocks that they throw you down. It was a white and I got smacked in the head and then had to meet the stunt guy that I was fighting with. It was a blast. So how much... In term, what are the rehearsals like? Is there even time to rehearse that there's, kind of there's, there's kind of a take it at 40%. So, you know, like, I move my arms now, like, bang, bang, bang. Bang. Okay, you got it. Good. Bang. (laughs) Then eighty percent. Bang, 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 and then a dress rehearsal. But they'll they'll film it. They will film it just in case they get something golden. And then they'll go right. Everyone, you know, take your take your adrenaline and get out there and kill each other. So a lot of what we see might be rehearsal stuff. Yeah, yeah. No, there there is. There's a lot. There's there there is a lot. There was a lot of used rehearsal stuff from that scene. Can Um, I say, Eugene, you are inspiring me to write a 500 person battle scene for Resonance. (laughs) Can I ask Eugene one last question? Yeah, if you could tell, like, so when you were 18 and you found out you've got this this role on this TV show called Game of Thrones. If you could be the first person that your 18-year-old self saw when he heard that, what would you say to him? That's such a good... What a lovely question. I would say... um, I would say... um, Don't go down in that dungeon. (laughs) 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 By the way, the the day of that wedding, get the fuck out of there. I would say say avoid the executives. No, um, I would say... um, I would say... uh, 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 learn as much as you f- fucking can would probably be my best thing to, would probably be the best thing I could say to him have as much fun as you can and learn as you can the, the, those two are pretty much symbiotic it's one thing I didn't it's one thing I didn't I didn't appreciate at the time I was scared shitless when I first got those jobs and the fact is that the more fun the more fun you f- the more catharsis the more fun you have the more the better work you'll generally do so have fun and then learn as much as you can what was your first day on the set like? Did you were you overwhelmed when you, and no, by the way, I when you started, you, no one had any clue that this thing. If I'm if I'm even if I'm right about this, I think the initial pilot for Game of Thrones got thrown out. Right, it was bad. Right, they had to redo it. The first, the first like no one expected this thing. I don't think to be. Of course, no one could have expected it to be as big as it is now. But I mean, when you went there, did you did you have any clue that you were going to be? This was soon to be a cultural phenomenon. I had no idea that it would lead on to what it did. Obviously, as you say, no one could. But the, the thing that, I mean, what did give me the hint that this is something that stands out, should we say, a, a significant amount more than other shows, what was the scale. The paint hall that we film in is on or is, in fact, the same key in which the Titanic was built. So, I mean, mm. you're on that kind of scale. Yeah. That's where the Titanic was constructed. So... 
you have a fairly strong message there. And these sets are enormous. I mean, they are just huge. Uh, they're not, at, at, you know, as I said, with the tunnel passage where, I, my, where Lancer goes to, to get burnt, there's, no, there's very little CGI. So I have to say, uh, it doesn't complete, it's not as though I look back on season one and go, God, there's no way, and yet it did. It's very much, there was, there's always, there was the potential, but you never know, as we all know in this industry, if that potential is ever going to catch the flame the spark is going to catch it that needs to be sure. caught. Mm -hmm. so, so, yeah, there was, there was a hint. And most people say there isn't, but I think there was. So would you a say that their, their decision to make your, your set as huge and overwhelming as the reality should have been really helped you guys as actors to all feel like you're in that situation as opposed to a green screen? And, and the, all the, the set designers on Game of Thrones are total, um, I mean, they are real heroes. They create the most unbelievable environments that you, that you can immerse yourself in. You know, you put on your costume, Kit, Hoff, Kit who plays Jon Snow often says this, you know, you put on your Ikea rug <laughs> and you feel the role of Jon Snow, but then you set, but then, and I put on my chains. You feel the, in, the, the, the crisscross impending restriction of Lancelot. You put it on, you feel it, but then you walk on set, and it's one of those lovely feelings as an actor where, um, you know, you're, you're, it, it's so real that it becomes so easy that it almost doesn't feel it's good. It's, so e it's such an authentic experience that you yeah. almost think, I have to be making more of an effort. Because I've done my work, I'm wearing the costume, and now I'm in the room. It's all there. It's all put with you. And you just get completely immersed in it. And I, and I think that's why all of the actors on Game of Thrones... I mean, really, I, I can say this without any... You know, a lot of people say this about shows. Everyone, everyone is lovely. They all do their jobs so well. I mean, I mean look, even I would say some of our lead characters... You know, they hop out for three, th three episodes. You know, you won't sure. see Peter or Lena or, 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 or Amelia for, for three episodes. They'll hop out and, 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 do, and come back later. So you, you're all, if I may say, you do all feel like guests when you're filming Game of Thrones in the most healthy and, and sort of egalitarian and all for one, one for all kind of way. It's, it's, and, and I do think that the set really adds to that because you are part of something bigger than yourself. What, what I also think about is something like that when we were talking about the whole culture, is I'd heard, and I'm trying to remember who told me, you may have told me, but uh, some of the actors, you never, you never think when you're starting this thing how much it could change your life. Your life. I, was, I thought I heard somewhere that Lena was really hadn't booked a job in a long time and she was is this was this true when she You're talking about Cersei. Broke and like Cersei, yeah. And, and when she got this gig it was like you know, I'm hanging on by a thread here, and she got that gig. Do you know, honestly, I, I actually, I, I don't know about that. I mean, I've, I'd seen her in, I'd seen Lena in um, uh, 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 300, and I'd also seen her in uh, that lovely um, story about uh, an all-girls school that is trying to stop being shut down, came out in the UK. Do you remember what it was? Yeah. Mrs. Centrinians. Oh, St. Trinians. Yeah. I saw oh, in St. Trinians. Lots of very sexy girls in lots, that, Dan. Yeah. You should watch that. So, 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 so mm -hmm. I, I, never, I never knew that. I got that impression. But, um, you know, whether it's true or not, you know, yes, ev you know, every actor on Game of Thrones, you know, is a real actor who wants a job and the moment they get this job does as best as they can it, it, and it does as good as they can. Um, and it's that, that is, um, if I may, f 
temporarily forget the effect the show's had on TV and people who love it. As far as an on-set experience, which only the, the, only the cast and crew get to experience, in my mind, it, it has pushed the frontier of TV because I, you don't get that. You don't frequently get that kind of authenticity. You don't get the all-for-one, one-for-all experience that often. There, are, there's a, there, there can be some elements that are slightly... You know, well, you, you just don't get it that much. And it's very, very helpful. It assists the show enormously. Um, and I think Dan and David, as far as you know, writers who have transcribed the books onto screen, they've done that very effectively. Uh, the level of Brian Cogman, Dan Weiss, and, 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 you know, and, and, and David's um, genius is, is unpraised. It's, it's extraordinary yeah. in that respect. Let's, let's do this. I think we let these two cats go. We do. We take a break and or something. Then we come back. We do a booze news. We have a very famous uh, bartender here in L.A. Very quick, he's going to recap that side. The what, do, what the hell were we drinking earlier? Blood he's awesome, sand. guys. So blood and sand. This, this guy is awesome. He just got, gave yes, us our blood and the sands. The great Beau Dubois. Beau Dubois. Beau Dubois is going to come on because I promised him I'd put him on the show. And uh, <laughs> unless you guys have something else to say, we, we, we Kickstarter. We got to get Last. there. Guys, please, for those who are listening, please give us a hand by contributing to our Kickstarter. We really appreciate it, and we would love to be able to give you the best film possible come, uh, come, uh, come next year. So yes. please do. Good what luck, Eugene guys. said. And your, oh, your social media again is Eugene, <laughs> Eugene underscore Simon. On Twitter, it's Eugene underscore Simon. On Instagram, it is Eugene Snaps. And for Marcos, it's at mefron90210. M-E-F-R-O-N. No, it's not. Please yeah, tell me that's is. not what it is. It, well, you know what? Back, you know, Marcos I'm, is a huge <laughs> fan of that show. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm, well, no I, my, my actual zip code is 90210. That and, Goth, that and Gossip Girl are her favorite. <laughs> hey. And you can, hey, you, can, you can follow me at iHeart, Ian Zeering. Uh, that's mine. And, no, it's uh, <laughs> M-E-F-R-O-N 90210. It was available... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so is herpes. So is herpes. It doesn't mean you go out and get it. You know what I mean? Come on, Marcos. This is LA. Come on. Pretty much yeah. everyone has it. M Efron. M Efron. Nine o two one o. So uh, once again, thank you, Eugene Simon, Marcos Efron. The film is called Resonance. Go to Kickstarter right now. Kick in a little bit. Be part of this thing. I think it's going to be fantastic. Seven thank blessings, you. folks. And Seven thank you very blessings. much. <laughs> guys, thank you very thanks much. For coming on. Thank you, guys. Oh, crowd loves you. The crowd oh, my loves God. You. The love. Hi, guys. It's Emma Patterson from Drinky Fun Time, and there's something I seriously need to share with you. I don't particularly love my hair at the best of times, but finding the right hair colour is the absolute bane of my existence. Not only are hair salons horribly expensive, you can just while away way too much time in there. I've spent far too long flicking through three-month-old celebrity magazines that I don't give a crap about while waiting for my perfect hairstyle. And guess what? I have left more times than I can remember with the wrong colour. Colours that just haven't suited my skin, my brow tone or my eye colour. 
or it's over-processed, or worse, it's been yellow before. Even when I've tried drugstore box hair dyes, the shade is always unpredictable. I never know what I'm going to get. But, you know, being blondes, it's always a gamble, but it shouldn't be. I want to share right now that I found a solution. E-Salon offers professional-grade, completely personalised colour created just for you, and it's delivered right to your door, with your name on the bottle and with instructions on how to get your hair just the way you want it. Just go online, fill out a super quick, easy questionnaire, upload your photo, and your personal colourist will formulate your individually blended colour from over 15,000 pigments. So you have that salon-quality personal touch right at your fingertips. And if you have any questions, the hair colour experts at eSalon are just a call or an email away. It really could not be easier. And you've not even left your home at this point. And if you want something a little bit different next month, just ask. So this is your colour. You've created it yourself with the help of eSalon and they understand and they want you to get it just right. Plus... There's a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So really, if you're not completely happy with your colour, eSalon will give you either a free reformulation or a complete refund. It's amazing. Get 50% off your first box at eSalon.com slash drinky. That's D-R-I-N-K-Y. That's just $10 for your personalised hair colour. That's eSalon.com slash drinky. All right, well, we're back. I think we must have taken it. We, whatever that was we just listened to, I loved it, and buy it, or go see it. Uh, or wear it. We have a new guest with us now. Uh, Marco Sefron left. No, he's just, just sitting right over there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, first up, Eugene Simon decided he did not want to leave, and so he's still here. And we're glad you're still here. Bless yeah. you for keeping me. And, Thank you. Uh, and also joining us is the man who is behind the beverage program here at the Corner Door, and he is truly one of the best bartenders I've ever met, and I've met some good ones. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for Beau Dubois. Oh, God, guys, thank you. The second bow. Ah, here we go. The crowd won't stop. No, just keep going. It's okay. So, Bo, thanks for having (laughs) us in here today. Of course. And and for making these lovely drinks. So, earlier we had the blood and sand. I tried to describe it. I'm sure you can do a better job describing Uh, the the blood and sand. Yes, uh, the blood and sand is a a newly popular cocktail. Uh, Probably about, like, 2009 it came into some kind of... New attention. Uh, we've got a, a blended Scotch sour with a little bit of cherry herring, sweet vermouth, and some orange juice. And I know delicious. about that cherry herring. Tell, tell Emma about cherry herring. Okay, so cherry herring. Cherry herring is uh, made by macerating Danish grapes with a uh, neutral grain spirit, and then it's aged and matured uh, by adding sugar during the aging process. There you go. Just like I said, with cherries. Uh, there's no cherries involved in the cherry <laughs> There's definitely some cherry. Danish cherries involved. Um, and then now you, but you made up a little something different here, though. This is not a blood and sand. Oh, no. So we've got our, um, our milk punch here that we're serving for uh, Corner Door's newest menu, the Alice in Wonderland menu. This is the Drink Me Punch is uh, an English milk punch. Oh, thank you. You did it because we have the English people thanks. on. Yes. Thanks to us. Of course, guys. Yeah. Thanks to me and yeah. Eugene. Just playing to the crowd. Yep. But it looks like a perfume bottle yeah, so we've inside got, of a bowl of ice. That's right. So we've got a, a little bit of a play on Alice in Wonderland. Drink me, eat me, grow grow taller, grow smaller. 
Uh, but a mug punch is one of the hardest cocktails in bartender history to make. And when it's right, it's just right. Do tell. What do you have to do to it? Okay, so first you start with a, a punch base. Uh, punch is a, is a Hindi word. It means five. Okay. So sour, sweet, weak, spice, and strong. Okay. So strong obviously comes from your alcohol. Sour from your citrus. Sweet from your sweetener. Spice from uh, different spices like allspice, cinnamon, uh, star anise. Weak from the water. Um, and uh, so all these are th- added together, and then after they've had enough time to infuse, which is usually about 24 hours, it's infused with milk. So why, why milk, though? Why? why? So milk... Doesn't uh, sound like a thing that comes natural to a cocktail, right? Am I, you, you've never had a cocktail and thought, I, I, I wish there was some milk in here? Dairy product cocktails do sound quite good in theory. <laughs> okay. yeah. yeah, so basically the milk reacts to the, the acid, the, the lemon juice, the lime juice, or the grapefruit juice, or orange juice that's in the cocktail. In this case, a lot of lemon juice. And it becomes a filter. It reacts and coagulates and filters all of the... Uh, all of the the solids out of that cocktail and when it goes into the milk it looks like puddle water honestly yeah and when it comes out of the milk it's clarified uh and so the best way to imagine is it goes in there like a like a bag of daggers no it goes in there looking murky and milky and and it comes out looking like water exactly no yellow water it looks like pee but all that all that all that flavor is compressed into one like ball of perfect balance who wants to try it? Eugene? Me. You, Emma, you want to do it? Eugene? Emma, I'll, I'll you, do it. Is, you are the British Eugene, uh, the folk on the show. You well, should try it. What, yes, I'll try it. Well, yeah, let's take a risk. Okay. I'll try it before I give you the narrative of my film. So let's, ta- let's try it. Does he take it out of the bottle or out of the glass? Tell me all. What should I do? No, right out of the bottle, right right on through the ice. That's it's wonderful great. that you have it in a kind of nice cork top. I do feel like I'm about to drink something that's going to turn give me into a sort of pumpkin. Good a sniff. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> good luck. Good luck, everyone. All right. Eugene's going in. Milk punch. And... That is absolutely delicious. God, I wish I had the vocabulary. I'm so bad with vocabulary. There's a, there's, a, there's a light syrupy citrus, sugar, and lemony element to it, but it's also... Here we go. One more time. I'm going I'm I'm to pretend that I'm more eloquent than I am. One more time. Here we go. It's just... It, it's... I don't know. Try, Emma. Is it like Emma. heaven? Well, try, try to add more adjectives than I have because I don't know how else to say it. It's just a citrusy, sugary, lemony, limony goodness of mel- of joy. Tastes like health. It health. does, doesn't it? There's it's healthy. There's nothing in this. It does. It, it tastes does. like good morning. Now you can go for a jog. Yes. It tastes like the fountain of youth is giving you your breakfast. I'm going in again. <laughs> it's so hard, isn't it, to describe. When someone says, do you like this wine? You know, if someone says it's got a kind of black black currant velvety taste, I, 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 every time I hear someone describe wine, I love them for the vocabulary. Yeah. I just can't do it. It's really good. And you know what? Oh, stop. From the Drinky Fun Time News Desk, here's Emma Patterson with Booze News. What do you got for us on the news for Well, Emma? I just wanted to keep it light and relevant. You okay. know how I do. Sure, yeah. And since the Oktoberfest is right around the corner, Adidas, I don't know whether I'm saying that right back home, oh, Adidas, 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 let's say both. Whatever. They have brought out a limited edition Oktoberfest sneaker trainer. Trainer. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> to help beer lovers prepare for the three-week beer-a-thon and their inevitable mishaps that the event may bring. And by that, 
I'm talking about the Adidas Mushan Octo Oktoberfest. That's the name of the shoe, by the way. It's their latest addition to footwear. Now, hold on. Don't switch off. The reason they're doing this is because they have used a premium leather material. It's a special DPBR coating, which stands for... Durable puke and beer repellent. <laughs> <laughs> Full stop. Yes. <laughs> it's stitched on the, also stitched puke on the side. Puke resistant shoes. Exactly that. Is Prost, which means cheers in German. And each pair comes with a matching one litre custom beer mug. You are welcome. Go out and get your Oktoberfest Adidas Adidas shoe today. Wow. Prost. Well, I think I know what I'm going out and buying as soon as I get out of here. Puke-resistant shoes. Well, I could have used them on Friday night, that's for sure. We need those more than anyone. Um, that's it on the booze news? That's all we I got? have one more piece of news. What is it? Richard Branson, during the hurricane, decided the best and safest place was to be in his wine cellar. And it turns out he was right. It's very, very safe down there. It's underground, and all of his family spent the whole hurricane of the last two days in the wine cellar. I wish so I would everyone back home needs to like get to a wine cellar. I would like to spend a hurricane in Richard Branson's wine cellar. Yes. We did forget one more piece of booze news. It's not really booze news. It's just news. Eugene was going to mention a movie, another film that he did. What is that movie? Thank you very much for letting me talk about it. So uh, the film that I'm about to tell you about is called The Lodgers. The Lodgers is a story of a pair, a brother and sister, brother and sisters living in an old ascendancy house in the early part of 1920s Ireland. And it is the story of how these two twins are united by a curse that has left them in this house since they were born on their own, without parents, haunted by beings that live at the very base of this enormous house. And in an attempt to try to live in sort of solidarity with these, these beings, they have three simple rules that they have to obey to. Never let a stranger through your door. Always be in the house by midnight. And the third one will become to be revealed in the film. <gasps> I, got, I have chills already. Yes. I have chills right now. So for the sake of watching something that in my view is a piece of art, as much as it is a very... Um, unsettling and shocking piece of, of cinema, I'd be delighted if people went and watched it and um, it'll be coming to a cinema near you very soon. I also have an Irish accent in it and I'm missing a leg. So, okay. so there you go. Missing a leg. Well, I think we covered it. That's all the news we got. Uh, thank you guys. Yeah, that's great. For thank having this you. Was a, yeah, I want to thank Eugene Simon again for being on the show. Marcos Efron. Bo Dubois. Thank you. Go to Kickstarter Resonance. Get behind this movie project. Come to the corner door and have some drinks. And Please. also, don't forget to check out at Drakey Funtime on the social media. Oh, and the other thing I want to bring up real quick is if you go and you listen to us on iTunes and you like what we're doing, give us a little review there. Maybe click that five-star thing. It oh, matters. Don't. Just be honest. It matters. It matters. No, don't give us less than five stars or I will hunt you down. I just want them to be honest. Eugene's reviewing us right now. Look, he's on his iPhone. And by the way, yeah. Bo, Blood and Sand was absolutely delicious. Oh. And I would guarantee if anyone gives you five stars, they should come to the corner door and get a drink on your on, oh, on you because it's is a so great good. Spot. There we go, guys. We heard it from a Lannister. Just come there. And five I stars. do pay my debts. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got.
Hello, I'm Kyle Ayers. I'm the host of Never Seen It, the podcast where comedians rewrite famous movies and TV shows they've never seen, and then we give them a read in studio. This is a clip I want to play for you guys from an episode where Langston Kerman rewrites Scarface. He's never seen it, but he wrote a script based on what he thinks he knows about it. And here's a clip. Give it a listen. All right. Scarface, the new frontier. Interior, happening discotheque. Remember when we call clubs discotheques? <laughs> LOL. The 70s were crazy. Night. The crowd bustles with young, hot Mexicans who are supposed to be Cuban and all are dressed in butterfly collared shirts and pants that look like Jinko jeans and pleated khakis had a really weird baby. <laughs> There's sex in the air and Poppy wants a whiff. <laughs> oh, my God. Scarface, 22 to 45. <laughs> like he's a television audience demographic? Devilishly handsome. Not even a little bit Italian looking, so get that out of your dumb brain. Walks through the crowd with the confidence of a man who's going on MTV Cribs with the Yin Yang Twins. <laughs> Does he actually have a scar on his face? Fuck no. Why would he even why would you even ask that? That's not important. What's important is that he is not at all a problematic stereotype <laughs> and that he has come for his cocaine. <laughs> As he approaches the red rope of the VIP, pronounced V-A-P-E in Spanish, he spots his dear friend, who is almost certainly going to become his enemy by the end of the film, Smooth Skin. Scarface yells out his signature line. Ciao, Bella. It's me, Scarface. Oh, my God. 